Welcome to the Big Little Life Podcast. You guys, I am so excited that you are here and that you will be able to listen to this interview that Ashley and I are about to do with Bob and Kathleen Nielsen. Ashley and I look up to them so much, not only for their success that they've had in life and in business, but also the success that they've had in building a strong family and raising five kids together and keeping their marriage alive and strong and happy and healthy and just the insights that you're about to hear from them combined with just the fun that they have and the outlook that they have on life and how hard they've worked their marriage together despite differences that every couple has and goes through is so inspiring and I'm so excited for you to to hear what they have to say. To give you a brief introduction, Bob Nilsson began his career as a consultant at world-renowned Bain & Co. He went on to serve at various positions of leadership for a myriad of large companies he was Senior Vice President of Yum Brands, the COO of Taco Bell, President of Burger King. In 2004, Bob led the purchase of Cafe Rio, where he served intermittently as Chairman and CEO for nearly 15 years before the company's acquisition in 2017, and Bob holds an MBA from the Harvard Business School. Kathleen Nilsson is a University of Utah alumni who studied psychology. She is an accomplished marathon runner and mother of three sons and two daughters. She served and counseled side-by-side with Bob in many church callings, and most recently as leaders of the mission area of Ohio for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, where I served my mission, and they were my mission president. So this is how I first got to know them. Uh, Without further ado, let's dive into this interview with Bob and Kathleen Nilsson. Okay, Bob and Kat, thank you guys so much for having us with you in your house. This is such a pleasure for us to be here. It's fun to have you here. Great having you. Yeah, awesome. So, like, I wish you guys could see it. We're in this like mahogany study. (laughs) It reminds me of Beauty and the Beast, and we're like, (laughs) (laughs) we're surrounded by like shelves of books, and then also sundry weapons of hunting. Destruction around the world. There's a skull up there. Spears from around the world. Human skull. Interesting. Lots of really cool (laughs) things. So that's y'all's setting, if you can imagine. (laughs) We're all sitting in high back leather chairs. I love it. Discussing life. Uh huh. So Bob and Kath, um, we already talked a little bit about this in the intro, but they're like mentors to me and Ashley. They were my mission presidents. Um, For those of you who don't know, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you serve a two-year mission, and they were the leaders of it. And I was out there in Ohio, and they were my leaders for two years, and we stayed in touch since my mission. Um, huge inspirations to me and Ashley, and we're just excited to sit down with them and ask them questions about life and family and business and, and how you guys have, have made it work for you and, and hopefully glean some nuggets for, like, me and Ashley have questions, and right. I'm, sure, I'm sure that your guys' insights from life will be beneficial to everybody everybody listening as well so we're super duper nervous down these are like our secret like you guys probably if you met us you might feel that way like oh we've watched them like kind of secretly so much and now we get to talk to them that's how we feel about bob and cat like two very kind we've just been kind of like watching this creeping every once in a while i see you guys peeking through the windows or (laughs) sneaking into the hot tub late at night crap we know it's right more like paying attention to their habits and their family and dallin and i have always just kind of looked at them as the couple we want to grow into and if you guys have a couple like that we totally recommend like it's it's a sweat fest we're over here super nervous and shaking but maybe (laughs) to approach them and, and come to them with some questions for your own life it's hopefully going to be super enlightening. Yeah. What if we throw your curveball and 
ask us just something. Just give you all wacky answers. <laughs> we'll just cut it out. <laughs> Find yeah. a neighbor to voice over yeah. for you. Yeah, cool. So like to kind of set, to just help everybody get to know you guys a little bit, we want to start off just asking the question, how you met? How did it all begin? Where were you? Well, oh, I'm, I'm, back in the day. 30 I'm, years, I'm 31 to, I'm years ago. Take, I, was, I was about 29 I had uh, I was moved back to Boston. I uh, finished school at, at Harvard and was working at Bain, and we had a congregation out there, um, and you know all singles, all singles, and honestly, dating was was pretty tricky at the time. I had studied really hard at school, and then Bain was very intense. But I saw Kath uh, one day across the volleyball net, and just thought, wow. And we got into a little bit of a sparring match with these others. She's yeah, a because he's a foot, player. literally a foot taller than I am, and he was spiking on me because that's she, how that's showing off. But she was she was digging pretty hard and getting them over. She's a pretty good volleyball player. And then, and then I didn't see her for a while. And and then one day I went to just a, an outing and and I gave her a ride home after yeah. I played basketball. So, so a mutual friends. friend had a dinner party, and we both ended up there and. I was uh, working in Boston. I finished at the University of Utah, and we just kind of really hit it off at that dinner. And, yeah, I didn't have a car, and Bob had a real job and was was kind enough to be. Chivalry was alive, and he gave me a ride home. And I then guess, you called I, me the next day, and we went out to a movie just like buddies. We went and, out to a movie, bought candy. We were extremely rude. I hate to say we talked all through the movie. We <laughs> yeah. probably were shh so many times. The Copley Center, I remember and, that. But... I was, honestly, I was quite smitten at that point. So that was at the end of January, and then we were engaged 3rd, 4th of July in the Grand Canyon. Wow. To Mooney Falls. Mooney Falls. We hiked down. There's a place called Havasupai. And a couple friends climbed down these very steep cliffs, and there was a little cave overlooking one of the most magnificent falls in the world, and we had a candle that we'd packed down and wow. some, some, some sparkling gravies and some food. And, yeah. and anyway, proposed. And then someone started shooting off fireworks. <laughs> wow. Yeah, in the it bottom of the Grand Canyon. Seriously, it was the 4th of July. July. And then some people tried to kill us because they were well, almost burned the, out yeah, the of the The fireworks started a fire across oh. the top of the waterfall. And they thought, you know, that we had almost started a fire in the Grand Canyon. That we hadn't, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's illegal to even anyway, have a campfire. They're shooting off fireworks. So. five kids and 30-plus years later, here we and are. about 13 moves. So we, 13 we moves. got engaged and then in October got married. So it was pretty quick. And then mm-hmm. we lived in Boston for another year or two and then moved to Kentucky. We were in Louisville for two and a half years. And our first two kids were born Still there. Still working for... No, we, no. Bain, then... Uh, but in Kentucky, it was PepsiCo restaurants, PepsiCo Restaurants International. Then we went to Melbourne, Australia, uh, to South Africa. Looked Boy, after and we had Jenny in, South, in Melbourne. Right. Then we moved to South Africa. And it was... Mandela had just come into power, and apartheid had been abolished, yeah, which was an was extraordinarily exciting, dangerous, and, and magnificent right, really time. Um, Murder capital we, of the world at the time. We went to Singapore. Uh, Singapore. Wait, was it? With, who was the same? PepsiCo. PepsiCo, but it was it was KFC, PepsiCo Pizza restaurants, Hut. which is now Yum yeah. Brands, and I looked after about twenty-two countries and about twelve hundred restaurants. Wow. And looked after about three hundred restaurants in South Africa. Then back to Australia, a thousand or well, so wait, restaurants. So, yeah. 
Well, first, so in Singapore, then we had our fourth, Wills, William. So he was born there. Then we went back to Australia, and we were in Sydney that time. Right. So we were in Australia five years altogether. And it was great. We had this wow. fabulous place overlooking uh, the harbor. Had a little boat down on Wet Dock. It was a good, good, was good, a good, good gig. gig. Really yeah. good. That's that awesome. Dream. And then wound up. Uh, Moved to. We, we, we actually, we were here. I won't go through all the details, but we wound up. Uh, Taco Bell was going through a very turbulent time. And they asked me and asked us if I would come in and be one of the two people to lead it. So as a chief operating officer, about uh, 150 or so thousand people in about 6,000 restaurants. And we worked through a real big turnaround there. And then we had our last child there. Jack was born in Orange County. Yeah. And then Burger King was uh, bought out in a very massive, one of the largest uh, buyouts ever. Three very large private equity groups. uh, And uh, two of us came in to, to lead the turnaround. Did that for a short while, took a year off, and then we did Cafe Rio. If any of you have had Rio, uh, we purchased it with some private equity partners at six restaurants. We grew it to 100 or so, Mm -hmm. uh, living in Utah, having a great time, built a cattle ranch, and then we're raising our kids. Well, no, then then we got called to serve a mission for three years in Ohio. And that's where we went down. Yeah. That's, that's way too much information. That's, sure. <laughs> that's great. That, that's and awesome. then after that, we've been back here. So we've been back from Ohio for four years, four and a half. Yeah. It's been a great that's, ride. It's been fun. So our youngest that child now, like... we have five kids. Our youngest is Jack, and he's a senior, just getting ready to graduate. Man. So, like, very few people can relate to, like, the amazing, like, success or, like, the accomplishments that you guys have had, like, with your businesses. But I, But everybody can relate to, like, juggling work and family life and i would love to hear your guys insights on how you did that especially with like the monumental like the jobs that, like the roles that you had working and like how, how did you guys manage that both of you like what like I, manage to stay connected manage to just be apart as much as you probably were yeah yeah like thriving in that kind of situation you know I, I think really a big part of it one is you know it it sounds a little bit stiff but you have to really develop systems mm-hmm. yeah and so you really you know yeah. there are things that I would take care of things that Kath would take care of and things that we would jointly do and so um and and then you know a lot of Look, like give every, an example. Like yeah, break that down for like us. I do all the driving. Like most couples, when they get in a car, a lot of times the man will drive. I, I, I always learned that drive. about you guys. I, I thought it was cool. Yeah. Well, okay. I'll, I'll tell you, it's funny because we, we asked the kids if they thought that if we argued or fought much, and they said all the time. I know. We're like, <laughs> and, and we said we, we don't ever fight. I said every time you're in the car, and we realized that Kath is perfect sense of directions, and she drives all day. Right. I can barely find my way to the office and back. Yeah. So plus, it needs to make calls all the time, and I like driving. So we just figured I'll drive. So I can get drives. us there without too many turnarounds. I can make calls, do work, or whatever, and everyone's yeah. happy. So yeah. that one little change facilitated a really big improvement in our, in our yeah. way. Yeah. You know, kind of the yeah. it was funny the perception too because we didn't feel like we had that much conflict, especially not in front of the kids, uh-huh. and they perceived it totally different. And we were like, "Whoa, okay." Good thing we asked. So you know, it was tricky. They don't like open your whole relationship to your kids, but 
in that case, it it worked for us. So raising the kids, Kath, you know, takes the lead. She's with them, mm-hmm. and you know, around the our home, you know, she really is the boss and, and chief. And then she's a great counselor to me in terms of work and all the things. And then on really important kid matters, they will always try to divide and conquer. Yeah, so, always count on uh, to, it. To be, and, they, <laughs> and they know what your weakness is, right? Yeah. They know dad's the guy to go to if you want to get yes. If you, yeah. No, if you want to buy something, ask dad. If you want to be able to do something, ask mom. Right. Because yeah. I'm pretty tight with oh the money. Gosh. And I'm like, yeah, but I want you to have experiences. And Bob's like, oh, sure, you know. But anyway, it was funny. When, when we were told that, too, that we, I overheard somebody, one of the kids saying so that. So systems, systems are really key. Look, the, the other thing, 30 years, we have, a, I mean, so many friends are divorced. Mm-hmm. We're living in really tough and bad marriages. Mm-hmm. And I would say, look, the single most important thing that I think everyone has to realize if they're going to be successful in marriage is you cannot change the other person. It, it, I mean, it's it, it goes against the laws of nature. You you know, you know we we feel very strongly that we have agency, each of us, and and so you accept the other person. You change them by changing yourself. Yeah, uh, and that, when you asked uh, the question, the first thing that I came to that. mind to me was you just have to have trust. We have complete and absolute trust in each other. Loyalty. I never question when Bob goes to work or travels or anything that that he'll look at another woman or anything like that. That is just not even a consideration in our marriage. Was just, that a, like a decision you had to make or was that? No, just, no, it's just always been I, that way. I think, I think to a large degree, um, it's the person you marry. Right. But let's face it, it's not always perfect. And so that's something you've got to come to that trust is at the foundation of every marriage. It's really at the foundation of every good relationship, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, uh, I would rather have trust that you know. It's always I want to have, I want to be liked, want to be loved, but trust is everything. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I, I think like another thing about keeping a marriage together when you know when we I mean, have a lot of kids, five's a lot of kids now. Yeah, um, is is that I think both sides. I mean. As the as the key parent who's you know running it nonstop twenty four seven, I think the other parent needs to realize after a hard day of work when you come home your job isn't over your other job is starting, so I think a lot of resentment can build up if the you know full time parent expects some help when the other one comes home and they're like oh, I've had the hardest day, you know it's like really because my day's still not over so right, jump ends. in and then you know that that's where. You can really work together. Well, let me let me yeah. be very specific with an example on that. I'd yeah, get home that. from a, a eight day trip to six countries around Asia. Uh-huh. I would be exhausted. The last thing I'd want to do is go out to dinner or leave. I'd walk in the house and cast like, here, take take this baby. <laughs> no, I'm going out to dinner. <laughs> she wants to get out of the yeah. house. Yeah. Wants to go out. I want to sleep, crash, do nothing. And so that's where you just have to suck it up and say, look, okay. Um, we're going out yeah. and get yeah. a babysitter. and Or it's all um, about expectations, too. You know, talk about that. Like, yeah. when the person gets home, what is your expectation? Another thing I learned from some friends, too, is that it's easy to dump on each other when, when you're home and you're together. Finally, it's like how bad your day was. And mm-hmm. really, it's not a productive topic. But if you look for positive things like, okay, 
Today, the kids said something funny, at least that before they had a complete blowout and, you know, had to go through three <laughs> outfits. And, um, but to be thinking about, okay, what good happened rather than what's all the stuff that we just want to share with your partner so that you can dump on them too. Yeah, yeah you like start um, with the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there are two other things, uh, keep this really tight as, as I can, that I think have made a, an enormous difference over the years. One is understanding that we both have very different backgrounds, even though we, it seems very similar, different communication styles, a different mm-hmm. language of love. You know, Ashley and, and I've been learning that about each other. <laughs> and so, like slapping us in the face. Well, for the last you, two years. you really, you really have to talk about it and say, you know, and and not when you're angry or frustrated. It's not productive because, let's face it, we all get angry and say things we shouldn't. You've got to kind of take it and then say, look, this is what really, this is how I felt love growing up. This is what I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'll give you just an example. My mom growing up always had a meal in the, uh, you know, food in the oven when I came home or a note. And so, uh, you know, Kath has really worked hard to, to do more cooking or to leave me a breakfast or dinner, all of those things. That's nice. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I've been working on something. Let's see if I've made progress. What is it? You did, but now that you're putting me on the spot, I can't remember. Okay, she really want wanted me to do more to clean up and oh, yeah. help her. The, house. In the kitchen, especially. Yeah. And so yeah. you know, I cook a lot, and I I'm trying and working hard to do a lot with more dishes. Yeah. It's amazing how those two little things. No, like just in our marriage, like we've had that conversation. Like Dallin, his family just they like leave dishes in the sink. Until the end of the day or until the next morning. And it just, mm-hmm. like, kills me. Yeah, and, Ashley like, in my mind, he's just saying, and he's not saying it, but in my mind, he's going, oh, Ashley will just get that. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's her thing. Like, she likes to clean. Like, she'll clean up faster. Like, that's what I was thinking in my head. That's what's going through your head, yeah. In my mind, I'm wanting to do other stuff and take care of that later. But, like, I walk down and I see the dishes. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Yeah. It's just like, in the future, well, when you build a house, get two sinks. You saw our kitchen. We had two yeah, sinks. Yeah, that was amazing. You and, can and pile all your dishes you know, in one sink. <laughs> I, we, it's, it's, we just don't go to bed with a mess in in the yeah, kitchen. No, dishes are always uh, put done. So put away. I'm really working harder. You know, now with the kids gone, I'll put my stuff, I'll eat, and then put my stuff in the dishwasher. Or, you know, but it's surprising, even without a house full of kids, still, we still fill up a dishwasher every day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it just happens. So th- these are the sort of things that you got to talk to, and we say have a process so that you're both on the same page, and there's going to have to be some give and take, mm-hmm. you know. And it, and it changes over time, too, that yeah. process. Do, do you guys sit, do you have like a set time where you like have like couples 
therapy conversation? No, we're terrible or, about or that. After little, 30 years, we're still... Companionship okay. well, inventory. Yes, yeah, I know. Yes, yes and no. Yes and no. Here's, here's the one thing that we have done that I would say has been one of the most instrumentally positive things in our marriage. You can wind up, you know, being like roommates. You're right. both going, doing your own thing, yeah. work, kids. Yeah. It's so busy. It's crazy. Yeah. Right. So, and even almost bad roommates. Yeah. But we made a decision some time ago to go to bed at the same time. Yeah. And that's a big deal. You know, you think about internet, uh, surfing, phones, TV, Netflix, Netflix I mean, there's always kids, something you could be books, doing. Yeah. whatever. But we go to bed at the same time and we, we, we have a little discussion generally of what's going on throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, something that's sacred better. to us is we, yeah. you know, we read uh, scriptures, which bring, you know, it's our personal spiritual feeding together. And we say a prayer together. Yeah. And uh, that has done more. That's been one of the single most positive things. That I'd say so too. Anything we've done. Yeah. We've and we are very religious in doing probably that. Probably 15 years. And a long time. You know, so one of us will be like, okay, I know. I mean, and we go to bed kind of late. I don't know, 11, 12 sometimes. But if one, one of us says, one, like, I'm going to be getting ready for bed, then it's like, okay, yeah. You know, it's sometimes, at least 10 or 10.30. We probably ought to go to bed and get more sleep. Mm-hmm. And then occasionally one of us, you know, still has something to do. So we'll go to bed and I'll get up and go back to the computer for a little bit. I've got to get something done. But but mostly it gets up to go get ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> mostly, told, mostly it's food. Busted. Mostly it's food related. That's, that's true. Uh, that's really true. Guilty. Guilty I have a question for Kat. Yeah. So currently in my life, like my great struggle is I feel like I have no, like I feel like old Ashley is gone. Yeah. And new Ashley is just... Like, I don't even know who I am anymore half the time because I'm giving of myself, like, 100%. Yeah. Like, I don't eat when I want to eat. I don't sleep when I want to sleep. Like, it makes me emotional even to I talk know. about it. I can tell. I can feel And it. I remember those feelings. I can feel I really it. Do. And yeah. Yeah. It makes me tired just seeing, just seeing you, how hard it is with the little kids. So, yeah. and I think... I might cry. Sorry. Uh, um... Just like what is, I don't, I don't ever cry. Um, okay. You can cry. Crying, you're supposed to cry. That's why you're given that emotion. I think a lot of women my age and with kids, like there's not a class you take that says, right. like this is the things to do to maintain like a sense of just like a sense of yourself. self. Yeah. yeah. So like yeah. what, what did you do? Like five kids. Bob's gone yeah. on trips all the time. Like, well, how did you find you? I, I I realized about a year ago, I was trying to describe to Jack, our youngest, he was probably 17 at the time, and he's watching our oldest daughter, Allie, with her baby, you know, like, what's so hard about parenting? And I finally realized the best word for it is, you're the lifeguard. You know, you are the lifeguard. Even if they're sleeping, you you don't relax because they could wake up. They could be choking on something. The baby monitor isn't working. You know, you're just continuously this pressure of protection. Right. And I told it Dad doesn't that, go away. Like when they're asleep, I like sit there and think, I hope they're breathing. Like, yeah. And he yeah. was like, I've never thought that. Yeah. Asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think that's where you, you start to lose yourself because you know, not your sole purpose, but your your most engaging and important purpose is keeping that little person alive or that 
You and I know? think it's like the, litter of it's, people. It's like not even a choice. I feel like it's built into me. Right. Like I don't right. even want to choose myself. I want yeah. to choose them. Yeah. So um, that's really hard. I mean, I'd say, you know, I mean, if you can, honestly, get like a, if you can't afford a babysitter, get do a babysitter co-op, you know, where you watch other people's kids just so that you can be, if, if it's by yourself or with a friend for even two or three hours or four hours or whatever. Because I remember leaving Allie when she was a newborn for the first time. And I remember going outside and realizing there's a blue sky. I mean, I just had been so bogged down by being a new mom with a newborn. You don't even see the light of day. I didn't shower until midnight, like three days after I got home from having a newborn. You know, your whole world is gone mm-hmm. in a different good way, but you don't recognize it. And it's like all these things are happening in the world, but you don't know it because you're almost sequestered <laughs> this child in, in a safe place where you can protect them, you know, where you have control over things because it's hard to have a giant diaper bag and get the stroller out. I mean, it's, all, it's not even worth leaving your house go. to go through all of that. But really it is. If you can get out of your house once a day and go somewhere. But I would just say you have to figure out a way to engage in something that is still you. Because if you don't, you, you, you will lose yourself completely and your kids will see that. I, I have other friends like your, your guys' age who's, who just see their moms and go, my mom only lived for her kids and now that we're all gone, she doesn't have anything and she has no purpose and she doesn't know what to do with her life. And even I feel that to some degree. I mean, I'm, I'm starting a bunch of different projects and I'm engaged in a few things, but I'm still like, I just worked myself out of my job. You know, when Jack graduates and goes right, to college, it's like, I, I, you know, <laughs> right, yeah, kind of, back. they do come back. <laughs> but, but you spend all this time completely immersed in something that, you know, just will, just grabs your heart all the time and never lets go. And you're trying to give it your best shot because you don't get another shot at it. And, and it takes everything. Ashley, if I, if I could just add one or two things I've observed, I have observed with Kath is she reads a lot. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that mm-hmm. maybe not as much in the earlier years, but I think you read quite a bit. I read then. all the Harry Potter while I was nursing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that was good. So one child. reading. And then at some point she decided and uh, to, to start marathon running. And she just decided she was going to do it. And she started at very small steps. I mean, literally running across the school playground. Yeah. She dropped the kids off at school and then run across. And then she'd go a little further the next day and, and got with some people that helped her. Well, no, I originally I had no plans to run a marathon. Like my sister, my goal was to never run a marathon, and I was winning at it. But I, I was just Sometimes out of shape. So I'm like, I just want to be able to run across the quad at the kids' school across the lawn. And then, well, I could do that. It was taken to Jack to reading summer school every day. And then finally I was like, I could run a mile. It was such a cool experience. And, and I was a gymnast for, you know, a competitive gymnast all through school and into and and so I just found like after having kids I my, my body was a mess so uh, but it felt so good to finally be able to do something for myself and it was a personal accomplishment I wasn't living through my kids doing mm-hmm. something of course that's amazing and you love all their accomplishments but it was something for me again and I got the all the endorphins for running and being outside and being completely free of anything i wasn't carrying a phone a bag nothing it was just me running i wasn't timing she was myself stressed most of the time i was stressed. <laughs> free of everything yeah um, just going but I, it was just probably. me it was just me completely individually me doing what i choose to do for an hour and that 
changed a lot. That changed a lot of things for me because I found myself again. And then, honestly, I was like, I'd find a marathon somewhere far away. <laughs> I'd go like around the Huntington Beach Marathon because then it's like, oh, that's, that's going to awesome. take five days. You know, the, the, I'm going to have to go. Sorry. The, the, uh, other, the other thing that we did is, you know, we were overseas, but we took trips. You can work, you know, it doesn't cost. I mean, some, some of the trips were very low cost trips, camping or, you know, in Africa, we'd stay in $10 a night or $5 a night little places yeah. sometimes. And then, you know, in, in just we would organize and we'd take the kids a lot of the times that we'd have times where we would just go and have that time one-on-one, which you have to have. And, you know, we'd carve out, we really worked hard to carve out like Friday or Saturday nights to, to go to dinner, movie, something fun. Mm-hmm. I, think, awesome. I think all along as, as a mother or if you're the father who's the full-time caregiver, you have to see yourself individually as well. So there needs to be something running parallel to being the parent that you have happening in your life, whether that is you know some kind of exercise or some creative outlet or even a book group or every Wednesday night is girls' night out no matter what. And your husband knows that. And if he can't do it, he gets a sitter to take his place. But you have that free mental space to just be you for change and not be somebody's mom all the time. Mm-hmm. because that's always going to be there. But you're going to have to create that for yourself. People aren't going to give it to you. You know, yeah. uh, people, I think, are always saying, well, don't we need better balance? And as the more I think about it, the balance just honestly wasn't that great. Right. I mean, it really, it was hard. When I was working, yeah. I really had to work yeah. very hard mm-hmm. to be competitive in, in the very senior roles that I had. And you're under a lot of pressure, a lot of stress. And so really the balance came in with us working as a, as a team in balancing each other's needs and the whole thing uh, with yeah. the kids. But even like there are small things that you can do, like even, I don't know, when was it? Two years ago that I had this personal quest to find the best brownie in Salt Lake because I love brownies. And if I make brownies, I eat too many. But if I could find a place that just made the best one, and I would only have to buy one. But um, it was fun. I went to like a dozen bakeries over the summer, and the kids were all in on it. And my friends were telling me about different bakeries. You need to go try this, or they're for sure the one they go to is the best. And I'd find out it wasn't. But anyway, it, just little things like that, that you have a reason to get out of your house because you have a quest. You know, that's... It's just been fun. Or pizza like press, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I was going to say something, but I think that it, was it like escaped one, me. Two questions. But that, that was such like a good... I love, what, I love what you said about um, running parallel along with your role as a mom or dad. Um, have something that, that keeps you... Yeah. Uh, that fans the flame. Yeah. And yeah. I think we get stuck, just Dallin and I, being like trying to balance in a... Like you do... Like, we're trying to do both roles equally, both of us. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just not what we should be doing. Yeah, I I love that you guys are proactive about coming up with these systems and, and saying who's going to do what. Because I have found myself, like, George is two and a half. So I, too often over these two and a half years, I've just been reacting instead of, like, having set principles or systems that I want to respond to yeah. when this comes up. So, like... Yeah. Um, well, for instance, you both should know the kids, their whole routine for the whole day, right? Uh-huh. So if Ashley needs to go somewhere suddenly, 
she doesn't have to tell you what's happening next because you're uh, equally involved. But I mean, you both have a different schedule than most people because you right. work together and you're super. You work out of home and all yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. So we're but still coming up with our own systems, I guess. Yeah. But you that's know, awesome though it is, it, it is interesting, though. I mean, tonight we had, uh, you know, people over. We had you and our family and some other friends over, and so we almost automatically just we can talk for thirty seconds. And I'll do certain parts of the meal, and she'll do other parts. And we just, she'll set the table, and we do the cleanup where we all hustle together. You know, we call it speedboat, you know, get everyone working to clean up. And then we have prizes if we make it on time. But we can put a meal together because we just know what each other does. We don't even have to talk about it. Man, that's yeah. Ashley and, and I are going to sit down and and talk about that more because that's really inspiring. It's really it's really fun. Yeah. It's really I, fun. I think the other thing that generally falls on women too, and there's been a lot of talk about emotional labor, is all the things that that one spouse assumes the other will handle, like all the holidays, who buys you know buying all the birthday gifts, planning the parties, arranging any social events. Um, buying the kids presents for their friend's birthday party. And just like all of those details that don't fall into a everyday routine, Mm -hmm. but they're looming all the time. You know, what's going to happen with the family spiritually or with church, or there are just a thousand other details that, that have to happen that don't get discussed. And so I would suggest too that there's probably a book out there. I actually, I have one. It's out of print now, but, um, it was written by a therapist, D. Hadley, and he listed out all of the jobs that have to be done in a home to keep it running. And then it was like, you know, husband, wife, or partner, partner, you know, and, and you go through it and do this own personal survey, like who does what? Mm-hmm. And then just take a look at that. Is it balanced? If you're both working or, you know, how do you want to allocate that time? What's going to be fair so that it's both equitable, it's equitable for both of you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, but it doesn't have a list of all the emotional labor. And I think that's a lot of what you feel too, Ashley, yeah. is just this weight of, uh, you know, I, I having to like, keep the in-laws happy and, you know, I mean, whatever, your own family, right. um, you know. And I think we just need to figure out how we're going to organize our time so that Ashley can have some me time. Yeah. yeah. Like she wants to start going to well, the gym. And, it's, yeah. it's not like Dallin's withholding it. It's. I'm withholding it from myself. Well, you, you have to free yeah. you have to free yourself and, and allow yourself to go. It's I, hard as the mom actually, because you feel so much responsibility. Yeah. I think you hold yourself to such a standard on that. And by the way, just speaking of standards, it sounds like we have a perfect marriage and everything's organized <laughs> and everything is great. Yeah, not That's sure. just simply not the case. That was my next question. I mean, we, we still... <laughs> How do we, we fake it so well? <laughs> we, we, we've been working on this. Marriage is hard. If I'd say, look, the key people are either divorced, living in a bad marriage, or working really hard at it. And we're one of the couples that work pretty darn hard at it. And we have our moments where there's a lot of anger and frustration and we have to regroup and talk it out. I'm normally the one that will say, you know, let's talk about this. Um, You know, Kath, I mean, we just do different. We kind of know the roles and the routines. But I just say the expectation is don't let the big D word, the word divorce, creep into the conversation ever. Yeah. You know, you just say, yeah. no, we There's are too here. much at risk to let that be something right. that can just be thrown out casually. If we're, you get we're, mad. We're, we're, here for, we're here for the long haul. And so 
And, and we have to keep really working on that too. But, um, but let me tell you, it's, it's worth it. You'd be with all the kids and you know, to have such a great companion and uh, friend and, but there, it takes a lot of, I'd I'd say uh, also just talking about, you know, having your own thing. We give each other a ton of room, a ton of room. Like if if I want to go somewhere, if I want to go on a trip with friends you know, I mean, our kids are grown now, so we have a lot more flexibility than, right. than you guys do. But if I want to go on a trip with girlfriends, you know, I don't have to beg for it from Bob. I don't have to explain why I need it and what I'm going to do and blah, blah, blah. He's just like, great, let's let's figure out how to cover it, you know, what you do and 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 we do. Or like, you know, he's going to go to Alaska in a week and it's like, OK, great. Just be home for this fundraiser we have on the 23rd. You can't miss that. I love that. That's so, really good. I've, I feel I, like I suck at that. But I feel like I suck at it because I'm just like hanging on by my fingernails. To well, insanity. You know yeah. what? I honestly just, it is so hard. I mean, it's easy for me to say about raising kids. I don't say this lightly. What you do, Ashley, is um, any mom or anyone who's the primary caretaker of the kids, it's the hardest job in the world. Now, don't no one is saying that to, you know... Uh, to say what someone wants to hear. Oh my heavens, are you kidding? You're the lifeguard. You know, Kath left for four days and we were in Singapore, said, look, I'm going with friends to Vietnam. And she came back on Saturday and I was in tears. I mean, (laughs) all day during work, when I got home at night, honestly, it's just, it's mind numbing. And it's physically hard at your age. It's exhausting. When the kids get older, it's physically hard and emotionally challenging. And then when they get really older, it's emotionally disturbing. <laughs> yeah. But I think so, Ashley, so hang I, in, I hang see in young there, moms. Sweetheart. It, it yeah. is. It is. It's. It's just a. Ch- it's hard. But I. I see young moms like you, honestly, and it is. You're in the hardest stage. There's no question about it. The golden years are when your kids are all in elementary school, yeah. because they'll all be home for dinner. They still think that you're, you know, cool enough that they, they trust you. They'll, you know, when, you're, when your fifth grader son still holds your hand, it's, it's the sweetest thing in the world because that's going to end. You know, they'll get into junior high and then they've got sports and nobody's home at the same time and you kind of lose that. Mm-hmm. So, so keep that in mind. You're coming into a better part. But right now we're having to carry kids, change kids, dress kids, bathe kids, right. feed kids, read to kids, you know, still stimulate their minds. hours and, a day. Yeah, on the slow days. It's brutal. And that's yeah. why you have to just find a way to get a break. And, and not once a week, you know, it needs to be regular. I mean, daily you need to leave your house. And, and pretty regularly, at least, I would say at least twice a week, three times a week, to get away from your kids altogether. Right. And do something, even if you just go for a walk. But get far away from your house. <laughs> and um, don't call her while she's I out. I know. I want to do that for you. She's just no, so I'm hard saying, on herself to but like... You, to but that's, I think... But then you've got to ask yourself, why am I not letting go? Why can I not give myself that? It's not a privilege. It's a requirement. Your sanity's at risk. You know? You need that. Right. And if your sanity's at risk, then your whole family is at risk. So you've got to protect your yourself. Um, yeah. It's like the oxygen mask, you know, you put it on yourself first before anybody else on the plane. You need some oxygen. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, like, it sucks to say it, but I think it's just trust. And I just, I want to. Yeah. 
I just have to. Like, I, I just have he, to. I think he can do it. No, I know. I well, know but it, you know what? I know it's a big risk. <laughs> I think <laughs> part of it. No, I'm joking. It's, but it's I think part of the question of trust isn't so much that you don't trust that he can take care of the kids. It's that you don't trust he'll do it the way you do it. Well, right. there's just such right? ownership. And the kids happens. know how yeah. you do it. They trust how you do it. But there's yeah. a lot for kids to learn by letting dad do it because he does have a different approach. It's true. And, and dads they, need... they learn to be a little more flexible that way too. Mm-hmm. And it builds your relationship so that later on when you're not there, they can go to dad and get the help they need right. and vice and versa. I mean, you know, I know it's demeaning that I don't, I should. Can, can I just... But I think that's other, normal. I can I like share that. one other yeah. thought too? Is one of the things that we found over the years is... Look, family time is great, but one-on-one time for you two is, you know, as we've talked, is critical. Yeah. But one-on-one time with the kids is absolutely vital for their own personal development. And so it's, I think, you know, a day with just one of the kids is worth 10 or 15 or 20 family trips. Because then you really connect with them. It's a two-way conversation. It's very meaningful. I remember once we were living in Sydney and we had this convertible Saab and I took Josh just to the mall with me. We had a date to go uh to the mall. That's what he wanted to do. And he was probably in second or third grade. And we pulled into the parking garage at the mall and the top was down and he goes, Mom. This is life timing. <laughs> it's on a total awesome. high. I was I like, wow, that. this is all it takes. So That's so cool. I love like mall. just little outings with George. He's only two and a half, but yeah. it's so fun to just take just me and him somewhere, like to yeah. a sporting goods store or something. Well, yeah. and then it's so, it, it, it takes a lot of burden off of you just to have mm-hmm. him go on, even though that's still, especially at this age, which is the hardest age. You are at the pinnacle of two kids, the hardest ages. I, I mean, it couldn't. It doesn't get almost any harder than How this. How far so. apart are they? Like seventeen months. Yeah. yeah. Josh and Allie were sixteen months. I've been there. So, I, know. Yeah. I know. So, so recognize there. There is there is some blue sky up ahead. Yeah. Or light. It's hard to zoom out sometimes when yeah, you're thick of for things. Sure. But we, uh, I think that having one, having a long time and like me time is what helps you zoom out and. Mm-hmm. See the bigger yeah. picture like that. Right. Then, you, then you're rejuvenated. It's like, okay, yeah. I can go. It's, well, it's good to go home. I want to see the kids. Well, you come back to the, the root cause, the root of the problem, right, is it's never ending and it's super in life intense. Mm-hmm. And so you just cannot run anything that high and that hot that long without having it break down, especially ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... We're going to focus on getting you some me time more often, Ash. And you got to trust me that I won't burn the house down and kill the kids while you're gone. Well, I know you won't do that. <laughs> or, or close. Or some variation. Close to that. Not kill the kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that's good. Yeah, thank you guys for that. That was awesome. We have, like, all these questions, but this has taken on way better so than, than like, anything that we planned out. Um, one question we wanted, we assume you have something... Um, what is the advice that you give your kids, like when they're leaving for the first time, like when they're moving out? Do you like have, going off to college or whatever, just, just leaving like, home? Like, like the you're an adult now, like yeah. you're moving out. Like, do you have do you have advice, like like burning advice that you try and like leave with them as they walk out mm. that door? You know, I I would hope that there isn't. I mean, you're always like want to reinforce one more thing. Oh, one mm-hmm. more thing. I mean, you've already taught them those things. I hope by the time they're leaving home, they're self-sufficient. 
they're savvy enough to get you know not be taken in the world you mm-hmm. know scammed or anything but mm-hmm. um, now, one, I, well, one, one thing well. that sticks out very loudly is you become like the friends you associate with and hang out with I heard something today that just resonated so clearly it said you know just name off who the five people are that you're closest to you will become like those people and it's true and, you know, so, you, you know, choose the, if your friends, if your kids are hanging out with friends that are, it, this kind of behavior, they will more than likely wind up involved in that kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if it's great behavior, fantastic. People that care about education, you know, great. People that have moral standards, great. Mm-hmm. Um should, I think, I and, think, and also, yeah. you know, recognize we all make mistakes, you know, and, and that's just part of life too. There, well, one a, conversation I've had recently with with a couple of the kids is, you know, in your twenties is not the time to make all your money. The twenty, your twenties is the time to really get an education and experience. And I know, you know, with with social media and all the stuff, the world's changing so fast that it just looks like everybody should be a millionaire. You know, everybody should be just living off of the dream or, you know, reaching their dream when they're like Justin Bieber, you know, like at 17, 18, 19, He's whatever. He's having severe problems at the moment, by the way. Because <laughs> Bob would know. And, he um, is. I read today. <laughs> <laughs> and Kanye, so, Kanye was there with his own run and yeah. helping him out. Oh, so, but really, you know, to not get caught up in, in wanting everything too soon, because those things will come, but you have to send your roots deep early and getting an education because as you get older, you know, you fall in love, you get married, you have a family. It's a lot harder to go to school and finish your undergrad degree when you've got two kids mm-hmm. and, you know, you have I would say impossible. Yeah. Well, for not impossible, for, for, but it would feel, it would feel it impossible. Would feel. If, if you just chipped away at it and did one class right. at a time, it's going to take years. But, but do those things, you know, there's a time and a season, right? That's the season is to, is to get education and get experience. And then as a result, success will come because you've laid the track. See, Ashley, you know, just um, as I ponder the question, what is the feedback? You know, it it seems to me that the time when they're leaving, the the season has come and gone. Right. Right? The planting, watering, nurturing. So at that point, you really, there's really not anything you can say that's going to make that much of a difference. Because the habits will be so well ingrained as to have they learned to work. Um, you know, we we have a little saying, it's on our fridge, hard is good. And life is hard. It's just filled with challenges. It's just the way we address them, right? We're thrilled when the kids have a big challenge at school. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not, we're, we feel their pain. We've been there. Mm-hmm. We're there all the time still. But, you know, want to see them have to work through a you know, with a bad, the tough coach, what it's like, how do you get through, when friends don't like them, you know, when they're, when they're bullied, whatever, it, shoot, that just is part of life, that doesn't stop. And as, as parents, I mean, you'll, your kids are too young for this yet, but you're always reinventing work charts, you know, like new programs, new processes to help them understand that hard is good, work is part of being in this family, you've got these responsibilities, we didn't give our kids allowance, this is like, part of being in the family is just working together and doing these things. But one of the best 
the best little programs I came up with was I hate the summertime because, well, the summertime of nothing, where they're not in school. They just think it's a free-for-all. We're just going to, like, go crazy and do whatever we want all summer. But I remember one time in the spring. Hey, Robbie, there's a little grandson. Um, one kids spring, the kids at school, they had no TV week. So we did that. Hi, hon. We did no TV week. And the first morning I came down that there was no TV, the kids were playing chess. And I was like, really? The alternative is watch cartoons all day or play chess? Okay, I know where we're going to go with this. So we ended up just never turning our TV back on for two years. We had no TV for two years. And it was one of the best things we ever did. And that was when our kids were all in that elementary school Uh bracket. We, like, contemplate that every day. Yeah, whether or not we're going to just throw our TV out the window or not. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's a good babysitter when you need it. Really? That's true. I mean, we did that when our kids were little. But in the summers, anyway, I had we had like five or six categories, physical, mental, spiritual, financial, fun, art. And the kids had to choose two goals. And so Josh did like basketball. He, he had to, all summer, he had to practice until he could shoot 10 free throws in a row. No missing. And then he got his school clothes. You told him about that. Yeah, so, so then they would get a certain amount of money for each goal that they accomplished, and then that's how they bought their school clothes. That's awesome. And that's they loved it because it. they were driven, and they, I, you know, we kind of helped guide them with their goals. And you could do this year-round, but mm-hmm. that way it was like, I, I don't want our kids to grow up thinking that there's going to be a handout. I mean, we've told them all. They don't have any inheritance. We're like, we didn't get it. Nobody gave us anything. So, you know... If you teach them how to work, have a good work ethic and a good attitude about it, and then they get to choose what they've earned with their own money. Plus, they've got all these skills now. One of our goals was read 50 books from the library in one week. And they were all picture books, but it was a blast. We just had this huge basket. Every kid chose 10 books, piled them in, and every day we're just reading, reading, reading. And and they're all pretty good readers at this point. Yeah, yeah. gives cool. you something to live for too. Right? Yeah, and it kept us busy. It wasn't like now what are we gonna do? The worst thing is when you come downstairs and your kids are all watching TV and it's morning and you got to tell them to turn it off. They're so irritable because it does affect your brain. There's a really good book called Glow Kids that I would recommend reading about the effects of just electronics on kids because it, it, it does create an addiction. And then when you pull someone off of their addiction to try and get them now to do something productive, it's, it's not a good way to go. It makes your job harder, and it just sets a bad precedent for them. Because, again, it just builds that short-term, immediate reward all the time. Mm-hmm. I did this. I should get that. Uh-huh. That's and, where we are. And, you know, yeah, like, and that's why George. I think it's hard. That's where we are with George. Like, we just, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, he's just in this place where he can't be not entertained, and we just... I don't want him to grow up living in that zone of yeah. just always being like stimulated, stimulated. like overstimulated yeah. Yeah. to to be late, like to to be entertained and relaxed and not being comfortable outside of that sphere. You know, and I, I think one of the best things to to do is to get them into an environment outside. Mm-hmm. You know, we have places we go. We have a little ranch house. We go where, you know, they're outside right. for most of the time. Phones don't work. You know, there's a TV, but it's not on most of the time. Mm-hmm. And so they just have to adapt and learn to get away from electronics. Right. I dream of a homestead. I remember yeah. being yeah. so frustrated that there wasn't soccer for three-year-olds because three-year-olds have a lot of energy, you know, yeah. like, but why not get some friends from your neighborhood and set up your own little league? Just make two teams, but they have soccer. They get a little uniform. 
you know, so they want to be out doing something outside rather than, yeah. you know, what they're used to inside. Uh-huh. Just the electronics again. Be a go-getter. That's nice. We'll you know? start things. I mean, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it with Jack, our youngest, is he doesn't do a lot of gaming. In fact, little yeah, to none. We're anti-gamers. He, he, Complete he watches bas- basketball, you know, but he's, he's a golfer. And so he is working at his game really hard and you know he's he's you know he's working towards a scholarship or working towards you know playing hopefully d1 golf but uh that has forced him kind of into outdoor discipline structured he's uh, away super from disciplined it's awesome away, away from yeah. electronics etc so, yeah. and and he will say too uh, another thing that we've done with our kids over the years is we've always set up little delayed gratification challenges like we started out with no soda for a year and the whole family did. No, we started out with no candy because one of Jen's friends had done that. So Jenny and her best friend Marin did no candy for one year. They were in first grade. And it was no candy at all. Not at Christmas, not at Halloween, nothing. They trick-or-treated because it's fun, but they didn't eat any candy. And and she got $100, and she wanted it in $1 bills. And for show and tell, oh, she was in second grade. She took it to show and tell, and we laid out all the $1 bills on a giant table. Mm-hmm. And like the kids were amazed but amazed too that she'd earned it and a hard, by doing a hard thing yeah and you probably saved that much money. ashley can yeah. i can i just sure. make a comment you 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 look just dumbfounded as we sit here thinking oh there's so much <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know more. i mean my head is just kind of going to blow off myself just yeah. thinking about it look we're 30 years into yeah. it you're a year and a half. We're at the other end. It feels it. nice. Super competitive. Yeah. So, well, what can not, I implement now? It's not. It's not. But you don't learn it all at once. Yeah. We stumbled. I mean, made a thousand mistakes. Had to regroup so many times. Worn out. I mean, we have yeah. been in the just the hellfire of the whole process. Yeah. yeah, many many times. So, and but also, yeah. I love that as a family, we've done no soda for a year or no candy for a year. You know, when you have a family, even if you did it something for something that like has bonded you together. Like, yeah, it's like we're, even your together. mom and dad are doing something that, that that they know is hard for them too. We're all going without chocolate for a month. I or slipped up on the drink thing, and man, yeah, I'll we, tell we you, took them to family <laughs> court. It was they brutal. Took family, family court, court and it, it, <laughs> there were hanging judges there, but yeah. I got through it. I had to. I love that. No, I like, I think it's a good picture to paint of the journey because I think, especially with Instagram and, or like TV, like you see the the happy picture at the end or the happy moment. And, and then like Dallin and I, we get married and like, we think our marriage is falling apart because we're, we're, we're having struggles or not like we just, we feel like our marriage is subpar because we're not living this like Disney life. Right. Well, nobody but, but is, like, but it looks no, like everybody but like, is. But no one talks about it. And yeah. like yeah. my parents don't talk to me at all. or like anyone's like Dallin's mom doesn't sit him down and be like, here's all the struggles your dad and I had. It's yeah. like you share the happy moments. But then when you like when we're in those moments, we don't know if we're succeeding or failing. Yeah, people don't post about their the details of their fights on Instagram. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, and, and, and then but he you said, know what? I mean, trust me, uh, you know, we're 30 years into it and we still have some really bad moments but it's comforting to like hear that right? because we yeah. look at you and we're like they are just oh, on top heavens. of the mountain oh, no. like no. just cruising <laughs> you could have seen us a month ago it would have been really ugly <laughs> no it was but and, like down you know, and it really took us a while to figure out early on I don't even think we knew that there was such a thing as different communication styles right you know just knowing that is a big deal 
Right. So they're very different, not kind of different, yeah. very, very different. And not likely to change a whole lot either. Right. Because you grew up that way, and that was your normal. Oh, uh-huh. and by the way, she can't change me, and I can't change her. Just recognizing that. Uh-huh. You know, everyone says that. Then they go back to trying to change the other person, thinking that will bring happiness. No way. Yeah, man. The one thing that I've noticed, like, you guys do have, like, your differences in opinion, but there's some, some underlying thing. Maybe it's trust, like we talked about. But what is that underlying thing that that helps you guys not, like, get become like get polarized but like helps you yeah. helps you carry you through it together if if there is one you know does that make sense well i think yeah it makes sense i think trust is probably it but i think we have the same end goal yeah you know i i you know i know a lot of people like we all do whose families are not together they're not cohesive there's divorce there's separation there's whatever and and you see the fallout and it's brutal it's really hard and, you know, we've had times in our marriage where it's like we could go in that direction. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's marriage is hard for everybody, but it's just not what we want. Like Bob said, you know, we don't casually or, or really ever say the word divorce because it's I'm not saying it's not ever an option because there are cases where that needs to happen. Our uh-huh. oldest daughter just got divorced this summer, um, you know, and I think that was a good decision for both of them. But I I think we just have the same end goal and we keep that in sight and then have trust that we'll work past this emotional sort of whirlwind or tornado that we're in that we can get past this because we have before you know it just seems like we kind of go in cycles and it's generally the same issues again and again and Mm -hmm. hopefully we're getting a little bit better but they still kind of raise their heads now and then something bob said was like you agree to disagree and you're okay with that like sometimes actually i have disagreements and we feel like there's something wrong but well, you know, I, I was I was skiing with a friend, and he said, "Well, this these are people our age that have a great marriage." But said, "Well, Becca won't let me do this, and Becca, you know, won't let me do that." And if if they're listening, <laughs> this, I'll tell you exactly what I told. Them. I said, <laughs> "I said, Chris, I tell Kath all the time. I just respectfully agree. We agree to disagree. I'm going to the ranch, yeah. and I look. I'm taking a couple of days, and I'm sorry you've got the kids or." You know, there'll be I mean, times. but we'll, like, if there's something going on, we'll talk about no, it. No, we'll work our way it wouldn't through be, it. It's not just like, hey, I'm going but, to see you. But, no, there just are some things where we have very big differences of opinion. Honest, yeah. honest differences of opinion. And whoever said that two people always have to agree? I think the only I, I mean, time, it would be yeah. a little bit crazy. Yeah. Yeah. To, to yeah. think that such to, a thing to would To disagree happen. doesn't mean you're not unified. It just means you are different people with different opinions. This is just super refreshing to hear. Like, two weeks, like, Dal and I, like, we fight and we just, like, looking back at all our fights now, I can, like, re-categorize, like, where we are. It's like, instead of being, like, I think we're, like, really struggling to... Like, rather than think you're incompatible, just realize you're two different people. Like, we're not yeah. anywhere close to divorce and we're not unhappy, but, like, we get concerned by the amount that we fight. Yeah. And maybe, Not like we're brawling, but yeah, disagreeing right, on right. things. But again, but, it's, it's your time of life. Right. With little kids, there's so much stress but already. Just, you're so you're, your you're, cup is like you're, at the top, the, like the little drop, and you right. overflow. That's Not where like just like hearing you're it down. You're like just that you guys still do like just hearing it makes me like recategorize it. Like look back and be like, it's just normal. And that, like, like, I love good, what you said. You can still be just, unified. Yeah, like maybe we're thriving. (laughs) Well, and and, and quite honestly, there are times when we aren't that unified. I mean, we do have, you know, 
there are days, you know, where there's anger, mm-hmm. right? But there is a longer game. I don't, you know, mean to diminish it at all, but we're in it for the long haul. Yeah. And and so we, you know, work as fast as we can to apologize, make up, recognize we both have lots of weaknesses. Generally, we don't change much, and uh, and then we move forward. Okay. I think you will find that a lot of the same issues will just because you're different people mm-hmm. and and have different needs and different wants, come from different families, different traditions. I, so, I think back to when you were talking about Chris. I, I think the only time I've ever told you you can't do something, we we just give each other so much space. Was that when before we even had kids? Maybe we had Allie that you wanted to learn to fly, and I just felt like that was taking too big of a risk for our family. I mean, he's got his license now, just in the last couple of years. But she said she. You but know. I, I just didn't think it. I thought felt like the burden was too much on me. Like it was great for him. He's had that goal his whole life. Right. But it was at my expense and at our family's expense. Right. I said that about motorcycles. <laughs> well, see, yeah, that would probably I think that that's, be, a, that's a fair assessment, too. Honestly, that's one where our kids, are, the boys in particular, the girls don't have the same desire, but the boys love to ride, and so we go out, and we have all the equipment, and but we you ride. Oh, no, I mean, bike. like, on the highway. Well, we do that, too. Yeah, but that's only... But only in the last year, a few years. That, but the dirt biking was always off The street bike in our earlier marriage probably would have been a taboo topic yeah. mm-hmm. because of the danger factor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now she encourages me to dirt bike and the street, <laughs> on the street bike. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Motorcycles. I'm joking. Yeah. But no, the flying, she, and she, I said, okay. You well, know. I love that. It's like trust and the space that you give each other. Ashley and I are working that out between ourselves. And yeah. just because like it's the responsibility of two young kids is so hard right now that I don't know how much space we can give each other, or, or maybe we haven't explored it enough. But I want or to. Or maybe give... just by giving each other space, you yeah. can just choose not. You can choose to stay instead of me giving making you giving stay. me. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Can I That's... just can I just share something that might be useful for everyone listening, whoever, please, but do. especially for the two of you, is there was a time when I did not go off to work in the morning, and I was home, and. That was not a healthy time for our marriage. Um, because yeah. if I was around, Kath expected me to be helping out with the kids in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you're here, I'm here. So, right, you can do I, a load of laundry. I had, to, fig- I had to figure out for my own sanity and for our, the sanity of our marriage, I needed to go somewhere to do the other work that I needed to do. So you were working, oh, you at, were working home. at home? Yes, I for see. a period of time. Yeah. You know, there was one year. I was like, wait, you weren't even working. Well, no, there was there was one year in between, you know, two jobs. We took a year off and we went from, you know, kind of billion dollar companies, President Burger King, Chief Operating Officer Taco Bell, took a year off and then wound up, you know, running six restaurants. And in that one year, there was too much space or too much, uh, we're too much proximity. Too much time together. And yeah. we needed a little bit of more separation in that in yeah. order to. And that, that do was our also when our kids were in kind of those golden years, elementary, junior, high years. 
And I felt like when he was home, I had to validate my, like I had to be busy oh, all the you, time like, so that he like, could see that I, I do work, you know, this is a, this is a full-time job, but it sort of irritated of me too, that if I wanted to sit down and read for a little while, that he'd be like, she's got it easy, you know? Well, I didn't think that, but I would say, what are you doing for lunch? And she's thinking, look, I've got my schedule. Yeah. You, you know, so the old joke, you know, it's, uh, we do everything except for lunch, you know, that it's. At lunch, you've got free time. Yeah. Maybe uh, I, Ashley's love language is quality time. And sometimes I I, uh, I wonder if we, I don't know. Do you guys, have, how important do you think alone time is? Or like, do you guys spend a lot of time? Why do, I'm curious to know why you said it's important to, that you, you could spend it. too much time together. No, I get that. Yeah? I think... Uh, just not together, but I mean, in, the, in time, proximity, yeah. you know. Well, I think, I think, I think you can spend too much time together. I just yeah. think there's balance in all things. Everyone, kind of same as like a mom and the kids, like even a couple, maybe you have to have your own thing so that you can be more productive as a couple, you know? Yeah, oh, for sure. If, if you don't have your own interests, you lose your identity and you just get swallowed up in whatever your job is. I think is. that's yeah. what's going on with us. This is a very private conversation but it really is you need to have I think you know look our, we have so many interests in common and kids and work and things that we're doing but we've also really developed our own specific time with our friends I think that's really healthy activities yeah. I go flying she goes running sometimes we do you know I'll go with her on her marathon sometimes not yeah and that's just the Venn diagram that yeah, no, I think the yeah. issue, and I think I've discovered this like in the last like month, is me. Like I am the issue, and it's just that I have felt so like suffocated. Yeah. And then when you want to try and like go skiing, I'm like, but I'm dying here. Yeah. Like, don't let me die. Yeah. But the 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 thing that I think you two will need. But to it's f- me. Like I need to right. save myself. You need to figure out what it well, is you really want to do that's going to fill your the gap, right? See, right. Ashley, he can't change you, so you're the only one that can change you. Well, I think right? I thought I needed more help, like at home. Yeah. But I don't. Like I'm, I kill it at home. She does. I just need to not to not to leave home. I think. Well, like, I need to right. do me. Yeah. You need well, to, that's what I was just thinking is... Sharpen the you know, saw. Figure yeah. out how to get time for a babysitter. And you can then figure out what your own interests are. That you can go and find fulfillment, satisfaction, and sharpen the saw. Or just refresh. Right. It's right? Yeah. It's hard. Just hard. Like, our is. job is at home. Like, we could, yeah. we could do social media stuff from 3 in the morning until... 10 at night and not be done yeah so like just me taking an hour i feel like we set everything back yeah that would just that would just i think yeah. that is an issue but again i think you need to look a, at it as get, oxygen right you've got to yeah. separate when i work and when i take some time off and i think if like when or, I, in my head if i take something off and then we don't get something done then it's my fault in my head but it's not yeah, trust right. me that I'll I'll keep the ship going straight. I'll, I won't get too far off course while you t- take some. I think time. too, just for for your per- personal growth, to find something that challenges you that you can measure, so that you know that you're making progress outside of all the other things that you do. That for yourself, 
you are accomplishing some things that you want to do personally, Mm -hmm. Um, whether that's, you know, some kind of athletic thing or like I'm at the point where I just have to choose something like I don't even know what I like. And I'll support you so hard in that promise. No, yeah. But just just start trying to go to a lecture. I mean, anything to just because it's mind numbing being a mother of a baby and a toddler. I get that. I mean, really, you get no stimulation. You're listening to Baby Shark all day, and somebody has a poopy diaper, you know? So so why would you expect to be stimulated and think, like, this is the greatest job I've ever had. You know, I can't wait to do it again tomorrow. It, it's not like that. And that's where you you have to be the one who's proactive and say, I need air, and this is how I'm going to do it. And, you know, you need air too, Dallin, and, and this is how you're going to make it available for each other. It yeah. can't be like... Ashley really needs this, and so you're going to, you know, she's going to ask you to do something. You need to be proactive so she's able to do that thing, and vice versa. I I found after doing this really busy job for so many years, when I came home, I was home too much. And that sounds a little crazy, but I needed free time to just get away. So uh, just going out to this little little, uh, ranch house, I'd go for a day, day and a half, and I'd get two or three weeks worth of just freedom and being able to breathe and yeah. relax and unwind. Yeah. A friend of ours who's a mom with old kids and a bunch of small babies, she's become a weightlifter. And, you know, as a so this mom is just heavy dude, but she loves us. you, you got to find your weightlifting, mm-hmm. whatever that is. I think. Awesome. I think another thing, too, and this is like tangent, but... When you're the when you're the primary caregiver, you're always there. But when your partner comes home, it's like, yay, dad's home, and everybody's all excited, or yay, mom's home, and everybody's all excited. But as the partner who's always there, nobody's excited that you're there because you're always there. Right. You're the rock, you know. So when you leave and they miss you, and you have that chance to come back and be celebrated, that's a big deal too. That's true. Yeah. Nuggets. Yeah. You should do this monthly. Yeah, thank you guys so much. We've we've done we've gone over like what we even planned on. This has been better than we could ever imagine. Thank you guys so much for sitting down. I hope this isn't the first and only time. No, this is awesome. We we're this, we're but, happy to talk you know, to you anytime. Actually, if I just say, my heart goes out to you as best as it can, not having ever been in your same position. So I can't truly feel or understand, even if I had been in that I'm not you so I couldn't but mm-hmm. all I can say is I've seen it with Kath and others it is a the most difficult job and so find some time for yourself you know set some parameters you are so incredible so wonderful and amazing but it it's like someone once told me they said look th- there is an unlimited amount of work here you just can't do everything all the time forever you, you just have to mm-hmm. so and you're in you're in the toughest zone i think right and, now and i'm looking at you too this... and i'm feeling like a little ptsd creeping out it's like <laughs> it's so real oh, it's so I, real I, I mean the kids are outside just all just <laughs> running around just crying. waiting for us right? Allie, when you listen to this thank you so much Thanks, we're Al. so glad that you are doing this Send for you us a treat tomorrow yeah we owe you dinner <laughs> Uh, you guys are great. You You're a great parent, so great couple. Awesome. I'm so glad that you have this blog and that people are following you. I'm so glad that you think the words are so listeners. I wish you could know them in person. Some remote way. We we see us as pretty average. <laughs> oh, you guys are awesome. Our, our, the, the name of the podcast is Big Little Life. 
where okay. it's like you can um, grow like your little life can be big in its own way you know yeah. it doesn't have to be like this monumental like um, like a celebrity lifestyle you know what I'm saying and you guys are definitely a model of like a big little life oh, and um, we, should, we look up to you guys thank you so much for spending this time with us and, and we love you guys thanks for choosing you us you guys are so We're awesome flattered. you're so great so, so fun so so fabulous to see here the little kids and <laughs> it makes us smile because you know because we're not having to do it we don't have to do it and the other thing is what's so hard to tell our kids or even to tell you is that we have done it yeah right no one really believes that right. no one believes it. look 16 hours on a plane with four little kids oh the international right. travel was if you want to see oh stress gosh. in a marriage try that <laughs> We were complaining right? about you two You take hours. them. You take them. Yeah. It's every 15 minutes. You take yes. them. Oh, You've got gosh. them. That's probably You longest. do that for 16 hours. <laughs> gosh. I love. Yeah. yeah, man. Okay. Well, we're going to end it right here. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we uh, will join you in the next podcast. Thank you to Bob and Kath one last time. You guys are great. And Thank have you. a good one. Thanks. Because we don't need a lot to get us high. We started out with nothing, we never fell